Hi, everybody. Good evening. Hope everyone's doing well this lovely weekend. It's a hot one and, you know, stark contrast to our last weekend. Last week it was cold and rainy. Now we're hot and humid. So into summer we go. Um, we'd like to welcome everybody back to our broadcast tonight and to our first time uh, guests. Thank you for joining us and giving us a slice of your time this evening. You can find out more about us at newarkupc.info. Uh, we have our digital campus where we meet six nights a week uh, on, on uh, Facebook and YouTube. And we have 7 p.m. nightly messages. Also at newarkupc.info, you can find out more about how on our digital campus, we continue to have small groups that are every other week. We continue to have uh, kids Bible involvement and we continue to do things like partner in giving and submit prayer requests. So lots to find out at newarkupc.info. Please uh, look us up and you can find out whatever you want to know. Um, I'd like to actually begin, I was gonna jump right in, but I'd like to actually begin with prayer tonight. Will you join with me and let's open our lesson tonight with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful Sunday. God, we thank you for another opportunity to come together, to gather in your name, to gather to hear from your word, to gather to worship you in spirit and in truth. I ask that you just bless those who are listening tonight, their needs they have in their lives, the needs that they know in the lives of their loved ones and friends and communities. God, would you just meet each and every need tonight in the best way uh, that you can, Lord. And also, God, just bless this message tonight and all uh, that are listening. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know, I think it was last Sunday uh, that Regina spoke to us on the Holy Spirit. And so we're just so thankful to be able to um, live and commune with God, even in this life and in this world. Um, tonight, I want to kind of piggyback on uh, our small group theme that we've had for these past this past month or so. And I know that to some of our listeners tonight, you may not participate in our small groups. Um, and that's okay, uh, because I think that uh, my topic tonight will be applicable and you'll be able to follow along even if you haven't been a part of our small groups. But man, we've had some uh, good topics and discussions in uh, this particular series. In our small groups in the past month or so, we have been talking about failed expectations. And in those lessons, we've looked at biblical characters like Leah and Abraham, the Shunammite woman, John the Baptist, and Joseph and Mary, the parents of Jesus. We actually have yet to do Mary's story, but that one's the one that uh, is coming up in a couple weeks and we'll end with. But while we've gone through <clears throat> these lessons, we've reflected We've shared some of our own failed expectations in God. And, you know, we've read about these disappointments and frustrations that these biblical men and women um, had because of their unmet expectation by God, at least seemingly. 
unmet expectations by God. But each of these these characters that we've read about, you know, they must have felt the way that most of us have at some point, and a lot of us have shared with one another by this point in our small groups, this feeling of where where is God, you know, in my situation? Where is God in this moment when we're struggling, when I'm hurting, uh, when I'm confused, these situations that leave us feeling broken with nothing but that unmet expectation of God. And even though it, you know, might have been hard to kind of explore some of these areas in our lives, I know for me at times it was kind of, you know, not the most uplifting to have to think about unmet expectations in God, but it's necessary. It's part of growth and it's part of moving forward and it's part of healing at times. So even though it might have been hard to explore this topic at times, I have found myself recommitting uh, to a core belief of mine. You know, core beliefs are those unshakable things that we believe deeply and fundamentally about God. Um, and so I've, I've kind of recommitted myself to this one that I want to talk about tonight, you know, even more so in these past several weeks um, as a result of these failed expectation lessons. So, you know, sometimes in the mess of life, these core beliefs uh, that we've established at some point along our walk with God, they get buried. And these lessons, I think for many of us, have helped kind of un, you know, unsurface, uncover uh, some of those. And one of them for me was that God is with me. And I mean, God is with me through it all. God is with me in this life, whatever that brings. God is with me in my life's disappointments. Okay, so you get what I'm saying. God is with me. What I mean is God is with us. God is with you. Okay, so again, this past month, we've been talking about these failed expectations. But tonight, I want to talk about a fulfilled expectation that is biblical and that God does meet every single time. That God is with you in this life. And so let's talk about that tonight. That's what I want to share. And I am sharing something kind of I've been thinking and chewing about in my own, uh, you know, my own mind and my own walk with God. And I hope that this lesson isn't only for me tonight. I trust that it's not. It might be. Um, so you all get to, you know, uh, hear some of my, my my thoughts this evening. But I trust that uh, it will bless and that um, I just thank you for allowing me to share this this evening. And so as we've worked through our small group lessons, this is the, the same conclusion, you know, lesson after lesson, no matter the character, no matter the circumstance that we're talking about that they faced, you know, between Leah or Abraham or the Shunammite woman and, and, and uh, other characters we've looked at, this same conclusion it, it just pops up every time in my own understanding of what expectation um, to have of God in this life. And that includes, you know, these valley experiences. But, and this isn't the focus tonight, but it also includes the expectation that God is with me on the mountaintop experiences. 
Um, although I know mountaintop experiences were not what our small group lessons were focused on. They were focused on the valleys. But God is with us, period. That means the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the joy, the sorrow, the gain, the losses. And so, you know, for Abraham, it was that God was with him as he led him to this unknown land around these uh, uh, foreign people. And for Leah, it was that God was with her in her barrenness. And then in this sibling rivalry and this marriage triangle with her husband. And for the Shunammite woman, it was that God was with her in her dashed hopes for a child. And then God gives her a child. And then he takes the child uh, through death. And then God restores the life in the child. And for John the Baptist, God was with him in the wake of his death and imprisonment. And for Joseph, uh, father of Jesus, God was with him it is, is, as he was the man who married this pregnant woman out of wedlock and raised a son that was not biologically his. Okay, these are some of the stories that we worked through. And so any uh, other expectations in these stories, whether they were recorded or not, were left unmet by these biblical, uh, ex biblical characters' experiences. The expectation of God in this life that is demonstrated and promised in scripture is that God is with us. God is with you. God is with me. And that's enough. It's an expectation that God won't fall down on, on his job. It, 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 it's an expectation that often doesn't seem like it is enough to us when we are in the depths and in the midst of those valley experiences in life. And I just, I'm sure people are feeling that, you know, you've been there before. I've been there before. I don't know sometimes in my valleys that it's enough that God is with me because I want God to do certain things, right? We want God to do certain things sometimes. And when he doesn't, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's enough that he's simply with us through it. And he's with us in our disappointments. And as we navigate those, I know that in these biblical characters I've already mentioned, that that's absolutely how uh, they felt. That's what we had discussed in a lot of our lessons. I want to switch over now to, um, we're going to read kind of my main text tonight. Um, and I want to flip to a uh, character well-known in, in scriptures with lots of valley and mountaintop experiences, um, the Psalmist David. And the Psalmist David wrote in Psalm 23.1, and I'm just going to say the first uh, verse first, and then we'll read the rest of it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And that's it. When you have all that you need, you're not in need of anything else. And there in, in that first verse, the psalmist sets the expectation of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And so I ask us tonight, what impact would the expectation that God is with you and that means that you have all that you need, as the psalmist said it, how would that impact whatever 
you're facing today or whatever you faced in the past that leaves that feeling of heaviness or frustration or anger or sadness or grief in you? Does it have an impact when you think the Lord is my shepherd? I have all that I need. Does that change anything about the way that you're viewing or facing or dealing with disappointment in the Lord? You know, I'm not trying to imply at all that this simple little sentence is easy in any sense. Um, it's not easy to just let go of all these expectations just like that. Nobody, none of us would choose suffering and pain in this life. You know, we all want less of that and we all want more of happiness and pleasure. And while I do believe wholeheartedly that God does intervene and can change any situation because he's the one who holds the power to do that. Sometimes we just don't understand and we just simply won't understand the will of God. But we do know that God is with me. God is with you. God is with us. And, you know, granted, that doesn't necessarily lessen the pain of our situations. It, it is his promise to us. And it's a promise and an expectation that will, that will guaranteed be fulfilled because it's God's promise to us in the scriptures. So I want to just turn back to Psalm 23 and just read the, the whole of it. It's only six verses long. I'm sure you can quote it along with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I just want to bring our attention to the verses that follow verse one. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths. These verses that follow uh, verse one, they tell us what we can expect when God is with us because he is all that we need because he is all that the psalmist david said he is all that i need uh, another translation says i lack nothing and these verses that follow they don't sound terrible they don't sound painful they don't sound like the, the psalmist is suffering they don't sound bad you know it's not a bad deal when god is with us there's rest. There's peace. He's the one who gives strength. We don't have to find it. He brings it to us. He guides us. 
We don't even have to be in the driver's seat. How many of you hate to be in the driver's seat because it's stressful? Guess what? God wants to be in your driver's seat. So just let him go. He will, he'll put on his cruise control. You can put your eye patch on and just go the distance until we meet him face to face. How's that? But my point is, is that the psalmist penned these things. When the Lord is all that we need, when if we believe he is enough, we can expect he's with us in the darkest valley that we don't have to be afraid. Again, our circumstances changing, that's not the promise in Psalm 23. The promise is your God is with you in your circumstances and you can have strength and peace and he will be with you. You are protected. I'm just finding words here. He is your comfort in these times. He prepares, uh, you know, God, provides in abundance. He honors, you know, by anointing my head with oil, my cup overflows with blessings. It's, these are things that are beautiful. These are things that the Lord uh, wills for us. If we will allow him to be enough, if we will allow him to be with us in our circumstances that we face in the disappointments and the hardships. So, as I mentioned, this is a personal Psalm of David and this, this sheep shepherd metaphor that we read a lot, we see in the Old Testament is often used to describe God's relationship with his people. And I, as I was reading through this, I thought, I, I wanna remind us all tonight that God is both the shepherd of each of us individually and of and he is also the shepherd of all of us a shepherd cares for protects keeps his sheep he knows them well they know his voice and they trust it exclusively and so we can expect god to be with us both personally as individuals in this life and also communally in the life of his church. Amen. So the psalmist uh, not only knows this truth in the present, but as he says in verse six, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord for what? Forever. And so the expectation, the, the, end, the psalmist ends this psalms with the expectation that as long as the Lord is my shepherd, he will continue to be all that I need forever. I just want us to think about that and how that can apply to your own life tonight. So in our small group lessons, you know, the, the bulk of the lessons, you know, if, we, if we're honest with ourselves, most of our expectations, we talked about this a lot, I know, but I'm just touching on a few things. Most of our expectations are unmet because they're not from God, right? Most of our expectations are a, a product or a result of our own desires for our circumstances, the way we think things should go or happen. And so when they don't pan out as we believe they should, well, then we kind of have this beef with God. I don't even know if that's a 
term anymore if I'm dating myself. Do people have beefs anymore with people? I don't know, but that's how I'm phrasing it. You know, we have these beefs with God. We blame God for these disappointments. We're disappointed that God didn't do what we think he should have done. Um, you know, I'm sure this is a familiar mindset to a lot of us if we're honest with ourselves. We probably find a, found ourselves there before with God. You know, but then there's this lesson to us in, in, in these biblical stories, these characters that we looked at about how God had planned, what God had planned brought glory to him and not to that biblical character. Um, and, and that his will was, it, it was what resulted, not their own will. And in our lives, not our own will. You know, often when God's will is what is being fulfilled, it doesn't please us at all, does it? But God is with us. He does not abandon his children. And we saw that in the stories, in the biblical stories, and we shared that in our own experiences across our small groups. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can allow the failed expectation to separate us from God. When that expectation is not met, it creates, we distance ourselves with because of anger or fear or hurt that God failed us is that feeling. And that separation, I imagine deeply pains God because it's not our disappointment in failed expectations that displeases God because those expectations were of our own. Those weren't God's God, you know, God didn't really fail. He failed what we thought, but he didn't really fail us. So he's not disappointed. I'm sorry. He's not displeased in our disappointment. God can handle our disappointments. But when we allow that failed expectation to separate us from God, I just imagine how that must grieve God. He came to be with us. You see, that's my point tonight. God with us. He, he, not apart from us. He wants to be with us. And so as I'm coming in on the end of tonight's message, I want to read a couple scriptures that demonstrate this biblical truth. God is with us. Matthew 1 and 20 verses, uh, Matthew 1 verses 20 through 23. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, Son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin, child, the, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then in uh, the Gospel of John, verse, chapter 16, verse 7, But in fact, this is Jesus speaking, It is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate or the comforter in other translations won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So although Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection left us in his physical form of a man, right here in scripture and the gospel of John, we see that he sent uh, a comforter, the Holy Spirit, to what? 
to be with us. So in conclusion tonight, what is it that you're facing right now? I don't always have the words to say to encourage or you know to, to help make things right. Most of the time, I is my little, you know, human self. I can't do much for your situation. I want to do, I want to help. I want to wave the magic wand, but that's just not in, uh, you know, my, my uh, tool set. I, I, I'm not able to do that. But I want to at least challenge each of us tonight to ask ourselves something. What are your expectations of God? And as our lessons have drawn out already, how are you forming these expectations? Where are you deriving your expectations from? Are they from truths found in scriptures or is it from your own truths? These questions that I'm asking, you know, we are not new to those who have been in our small group. These are the things we've been working through the past month, but these questions are not to condemn tonight, but to kind of kind of clean up our expectations a little bit. A wise lady uh, once said, disappointment is rooted in unmet expectations. And how true is that? There's nothing more true, it seems. Um, you know, I, I also reminded me once that I remember my mom saying uh, to me that, you know, you, you shouldn't, there's that saying that you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Okay. It's, it's a saying out there. Uh, it's common. We, we hear it and, you know, it's used to safeguard against us losing everything, like in the blink of an eye. If you put all your effort into one area, then other areas become deficient. Or if you put all your money into one thing, then you risk losing all of it. If that one thing tanks, you know, for example, it's that sort of idea. And she said, but that's not true in Christ. In Christ, you can put all your eggs in one basket and you won't lose. It might feel like you are. Unmet, ex unmet expectations, failed expectations can make us feel like we've lost, like God has failed us. Uh, but if his will is done, and if we submit our own will to that, we can experience what the psalmist ended with in in chapter 23, that we can experience his goodness and mercy all the days of our lives if we commit our lives and submit our lives to the Lord. We can place everything, worries, disappointments, doubts, fears, even the joys, we can place them all completely in him. We can put all our eggs in one basket and they will be handled with perfection when we are in Christ. So I guess what I'm getting at tonight is I've learned something that I believe deeply and that I can say with confidence, you can expect God is with you in this life. Maybe you don't even know what true, what's true tonight. God is with you. Maybe you don't know where your faith lies, or if you even have faith, God is with you. Maybe you're, you're still seeking salvation. God is with you in that, that uh, journey of seeking his truth. Maybe you are in need of repenting. 
God is with you as you face that. Um, maybe you're grieving tonight and wondering how you're going to get through to the next day, the next minute, the next hour. God is with you. Maybe you're battling temptation tonight. God is with you. Maybe you're fighting a battle, physical or emotional, that's making you weary. God is with you. Maybe you're feeling abandoned by God tonight. Guess what? God is with you. Maybe you're in need of direction. Maybe you're dealing with sin. Maybe you're dealing with pains of the past, old stuff that's coming up. God is with you. He is with you in this life. Amen and amen. I think for tonight, this is sufficient. And I'm going to end here. I do want to um, thank you all for joining us on our broadcast. Uh, for our faithful listeners, thank you for prioritizing us uh, in your nightly you know, routine. And um, please join us again. We will be back on Tuesday uh, at 7 p.m. So we'll see you then. God bless and good night.